So literally, take that breath right now. Just let it out. If you're young and can't wait to see what's under the tree at home, take that breath. If you're a teenager and you're thinking that you're too old for the milk and cookies thing, but you're not sure you're ready to be an adult and have your presence consist of socks and underwear, take that breath. And if you're an adult and you're exhausted, or you're still looking at hours of things to do before you get to bed tonight, and you want everything to be perfect, or you just want everything to be done, take that breath. It does seem... It does seem like there's an awful lot of crazy at Christmas time, doesn't it? The craziness of shopping, the craziness of all the parties, the craziness of family. For lots of folks, that's a good crazy. The craziness of excitement and fun and relationships. For others, the craziness is not so good. Has it always been like this at Christmas time? One of the biographers of the life of Jesus describes the first Christmas with these words. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married with him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. We hear that, and we think, we kind of know the Christmas story, right? The angel appears to Mary, and, and the angel says, you found favor with God. And you're going to have a baby. And Mary said, but I'm not pregnant. I've never been with a man. And and the angel says, it's going to be okay. And an angel appears to Joseph, her fiance, and says, yeah, Mary's pregnant. But it's going to be okay because the baby is from God. And when it comes time for that baby to be born, we picture what it looks like on the hillside outside Bethlehem, this quiet, beautiful starlit night in the Hosts of angels are there in the sky and they sing to the shepherds and the shepherds hear about Jesus and they come down into the manger and there the shepherds and everybody that's there together sings Christmas carols and it's quiet and peaceful and serene and picturesque. But if you step inside the story, you realize that it probably wasn't what we picture in our minds at all. Mary and Joseph lived in a small town, a poor rural community of about 400 people named Nazareth. Mary got pregnant, and and she wasn't married, and the townspeople couldn't stop gossiping about her. Can you hear it? They said, did you hear about Mary? She was always such a good girl. What happened to her? Sure, there was talk about a dream that she'd had, but who believed that? Mary was late in her pregnancy when the word came from Rome that they had to go to Bethlehem for a census. The government wanted to know how many Jews there were so that they could appropriately estimate their tax revenue for the future years. Mary and Joseph didn't have very much, but now they had to finance a five-day trip one way 
to Bethlehem. Mary could deliver at any time, and even though she was young and strong, an 80-mile trip on foot was going to be very difficult. So they packed up a few things. Maybe they scrambled to borrow a donkey, and they headed off for Bethlehem, the city of their forefathers. As they left Nazareth, it had to be kind of exciting for them. I'm sure Mary and Joseph talked as they traveled. They talked about their dreams. They talked about the baby. They talked about their future. It was probably their first trip alone. And while Mary was uncomfortable in her pregnancy, Joseph probably had to be very concerned about her. Somewhere in the journey, I think the weather probably changed. As they walked in the rain or the cold, the trip lost much of its luster. And what began as an adventure became hard work and not a lot of fun. It was crazy that Rome would make them make this trip at this time. It just seemed unfair. As they moved farther from Nazareth, the intimate conversations they shared grew less and less frequent. The roads became more and more crowded as people from the north joined them on the journey that would take them through the capital city to Jerusalem. They had nice conversations with many of their countrymen, but no one was very thrilled with the edict from Augustus that was making them travel, and everyone was afraid of what the tax collectors would eventually charge them. The census caused a deep resentment of the Roman government. Historians tell us that the census eventually led to to, uh, an armed conflict, a revolt by a group of people that became known as the Zealots, um, creating riots throughout Israel. As the roads grew more and more busy, this unmarried couple from the hill country of Galilee had to long for the quietness of Nazareth. After four or five days, they approached Jerusalem, the capital city, and their excitement began to grow. It was going to be so exciting to see the temple that Herod had built. It was massive, and it was the place that sacrifices were made to Jehovah God, the Lord who had created everything. The city, Jerusalem, was crazy with throngs of people. As they left Jerusalem and hiked those final six miles to Bethlehem, they began to anticipate seeing grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins that they hadn't seen for a long, long time. They were excited to reconnect, but those nagging questions of how they would be received and when the baby would be born was never far from their minds. Bethlehem was a town two or three times the size of Nazareth. So that was exciting all by itself. But as they entered the town, they realized that the thousand people who lived there had been increased by scores or hundreds more who had come for the census. Everywhere were people. The open-air market was crazy with people buying and selling things. They were selling food and animals and clothes and trinkets and, and tools and treasures and furniture, so much more so than in Nazareth. It was still small compared to Jerusalem, but it was crazy how many people and how much stuff was in Bethlehem. Mary and Joseph made their way to the home of one of Joseph's relatives, to where one of Joseph's relatives lived. No respectable Jewish family would allow their relatives to stay anywhere but in their homes. After all, They were family, even if, or especially if, they lived on the other side of the country. Virtually everyone in Bethlehem 
lived in a home carved out of the soft rock, soft, uh, sort of of like a, a large cave. They were the cheapest and safest homes available. They often had two or three rooms in a separate space for the animals. There was one area where the family slept, another area where the fire was for cooking and eating, and a third area was a room that they often used to entertain. It was the place where visiting family or friends could sleep when they visited. That room was called a cataluma in the Greek language. It's the word translated in in some versions of Scripture, but it almost always describes that guest room for relatives. Not a hotel with maid service and a swimming pool and a free breakfast. That first night, it had to be great for Mary and Joseph to have a roof over their head. And they probably stayed up late talking with their extended family, catching up on the family news and the stories that they had missed while living so far away. They woke up the next morning to sounds of, of crazy activity. The women moving in mass to the wells to fill their jugs with water for the day. The men laughing and joking as they had their first cup of tea in the morning. And the animals. The amount of livestock in Bethlehem was incredible. And there were even more on the hillside outside of town. As the people of Bethlehem did their chores, it was with joy. They were able to share those tasks with family members that they hadn't seen or been with for a long time. But as the day or the days wore on, there was a fine line between joy and inconvenience. The out-of-towners ate so much. Didn't they realize that the wheat had to be ground every day to make bread to eat? Didn't they understand how much water had to be hauled from the well to the house? Didn't they understand that a person needs time and space to be alone, to just be quiet? And with each day, the odor of the city grew stronger. The trash, the waste, the animals, the fires. It was enough to drive a person crazy. We don't know how long Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem. But Luke says, while they were there, the time came for Mary to give birth. The pain began in earnest, and Joseph didn't know what to do. They couldn't stay in the Cataluma of their relatives and have this baby. That would be crazy. So they were moved to the only place where there weren't people, the cave that kept the animals. It was relatively clean. It was much more private. And there just weren't any other options. Joseph, like so many men before him, paced outside the cave, praying with every step. The aunts and cousins moved in and out, following the orders of the midwife. And whether it was a stable or a barn or a cave, I think it had to feel a lot like the barns in a country fair. It was crazy. When the baby was born, congratulations rose from the family and friends of Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph, that unmarried couple who had talked about dreams with angels speaking to them, had a son. They named him Jesus. For the angel had said he was born to save the people from their sin. Hundreds of years earlier, Isaiah the prophet had said, a baby would be born to a virgin and he would be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. 
that his name would be Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now that was crazy. Somehow in the midst of it all, I, I have to believe that each day Mary and Joseph took a breath, a deep breath, and reminded each other that God was completely in charge. That the fact that they were 80 miles from home, that they were there because the government had made them travel, that in both the joy and the inconvenience of being with their extended families, that none of it mattered because what God would do with that baby born in the manger would transform the world. And that truth brought incredible calm. What's your life been like the last few weeks or months or days? Maybe you're sitting with cousins or siblings or parents right now, and it's the greatest thing in the world. It's crazy good. Maybe you're thinking about the presents that you'll open or the gifts that you'll give or the food that you'll eat tonight or tomorrow, and you think it's crazy good. Maybe your work has been a mess or you've lost your job or you realize, even as we sit here, that you've spent way too much on Christmas this year. Maybe you've had a loved one die recently or been told by a doctor that there are concerns about your health and he's used words like cancer and chemo or surgery or he said, we just don't know. Maybe you've experienced incredible disappointment or broken relationships and it's crazy even this afternoon how powerful the hurt is how deep the sadness goes, how lonely you feel. Take a breath, a deep breath, and look to the stable in Bethlehem. Not just to a baby born in a village outside Jerusalem, but to a God that would come to earth to show personally how much he loves you, how much he wants you to give yourself fully to him, this Christmas. There's calm in the crazy. Do you believe it? There was another time later in Jesus' life where things spiraled out of control. He was falsely accused. He was arrested in front of his friends. He was put on trial and beaten and sentenced to execution, not because he did anything wrong, but because saving the people from their sins meant turning the world upside down. In the midst of all of that unfair craziness, Jesus was incredibly calm. Why? Because he saw the big picture. He understood that the cost of your relationship with him, the cost of my relationship with, with him, was dependent on his sacrifice on the cross. There's calm in the crazy. As you leave today, whether it's to a quiet house or a party with lots of people, look to the baby in the manger, to the calm in the crazy, and know with all of your being that God loves you. That Jesus came to earth to die for you. And let the best present you receive this year be the calm from the Christ child. Let's stand together.
sing away in a manger. History at Christmas time, there's been this symbol of light coming to the world in the form of Jesus. In American churches and churches around the world, candles have been used to help demonstrate that. We want to we experience that this afternoon. What's going to happen down at the end of uh, the left end of each of the rows, underneath, there's a bag with some candles. If you'd take that bag and go ahead and grab a candle and pass them to your right just now, that'd be great. Parents, I'll let you determine whether you trust your child with an open flame, all right? Grab one of the candles. going to do the, all of this together. What's going to happen is the light is going to start up in the front left with one candle. Vic is going to have a light and he's going to work his way back down that aisle. And if, if you would, the people on the end of each of that aisle, light your candle off of Vic's flame and then just set your candle in front of you and let the person to your right light their candle from there. When it gets down to this aisle, if you all in this aisle would bring it across and ultimately, in the far left corner, the light will fill the, the place. As we experience the calm of Christmas, the reality that when Jesus came to earth, it changed everything. As we sing Silent Night.
There's calm in the crazy. And it's found in Jesus. As you celebrate Christmas tonight, tomorrow, this year, may you find that calm in the Christ child. So take a breath and blow out that candle.